0: So, there's snow on the ground, and the roads are covered, so we can't really go anywhere.
1: No, we sure can. not
0: What are we going to do?
1: Well, stay in our pajamas. Yeah. Make hot cocoa. Yeah. And talk about comics. Yes.
0: I'm Christina Edelman. And I'm Chris Edelman. And this is Chris's on Infinite Earths. The
1: podcast where nothing will ever be the same. Welcome to issue episode six of our Crisis on Infinite Earths coverage.
0: Yeah, welcome to episode six, which is covering issues six of Crisis on Infinite Earths.
1: I mean, I guess it's technically like our issue like 12 or something, or episode 12 of our total podcast.
0: Well, yeah, but I've divided the podcast into seasons.
1: Oh, so Season 2. This is Season 2,
0: Episode episode (laughs) 6.
1: Okay, okay, sounds good.
0: So, if you are not familiar with the crossover comic, Crisis on Infinite Earths, I would recommend either going and picking that up, or just going back and listening to Episodes 1 through 5 of Season 2 of Chris's on Infinite Earths.
1: Yes, we are covering Crisis on Infinite Earths, and we are Chris's on Infinite Earths. Luckily, this is the only time this will ever be this confusing. <laughs>
0: no, so, it, it has been a longer break for us. We had the holidays, we had sicknesses, we had...
1: We each got sick, like, twice.
0: Yeah, so did our kid.
1: So did our kid. We had some sort of unfortunate personal stuff that we... Will not get into on the podcast, but it suffice to say it made recording quite difficult.
0: So thanks for being patient, and we'll we'll we promise to try and give you something worth the wait.
1: Yeah, so we're going to talk about this issue on of Crisis on Infinite Earths, but uh, let's start with a summary.
0: Yeah, summary.
1: We open on a triumphant anti-monitor deriding a pleading psychopirate who is reminding the evil monitor that he was promised millions of people's emotions to control for his own. The anti-monitor grants his wish and gives him the power to affect the emotions of the remaining three Earths still under his possible influence.
0: Meanwhile, the Monitor's satellite base is on the verge of destruction from the Anti-Monitor. Alexander Luther attempts to use his unique matter-antimatter powers to bring the remaining three Earths into the limbo upon which Earths 1 and 2 exist. However, while the heroes attempt to grapple with the impending destruction of the satellite, Harbinger knocks out Alexander and uses her prodigious power to bring the heroes to the remaining three Earths.
1: We catch back up with the injured wildcat who laments how useless he feels. Meanwhile, though, the woman who assisted in his last heroic act, Yolanda Montez, thinks to herself that perhaps the wildcat can live on. Also on Earth-1, Lex Luthor is kidnapped into space by the robotic brainiac who wants to make a deal to take over the universe.
0: We now cut to earth X, one of the remaining three worlds not yet consumed by antimatter. A group of heroes transported from the satellite try to calm a frenzied and scared population, but are accosted by the Freedom Fighters, the crime-busting team that protects this world. The Freedom Fighters are beset by Psycho Pirates' powers as well, and attack the well-meaning heroes.
1: Similar things appear to be happening on Earth-4, where the native heroes, including Blue Beetle, believe the visiting heroes are the ones destroying their world. Finally, on Earth-S, the Marvel family likewise attacks the heroes sent from the Monitor satellite. Psychopirate is overwhelmed by the power given to him by the Anti-Monitor, even as three worlds descend into emotionally driven chaos.
0: The Harbinger enacts her final plan— just at the right moment, sacrificing herself to bring the other three Earths to the same strange area as Earths One and Two. And while she expected her death, it appears that only her harbinger aspect is sacrificed. She still remains Lila. Alexander Luther and she float in space on a small rock, trying to grapple with their final mission to save five Earths.
1: As the Earths become more visible, On Earth 2, the Justice Society notices certain villains disappearing in a way that doesn't seem related to the antimatter cloud. A silhouetted figure checks in on the sleeping Ted Grant, saying that the world still needs a wildcat. She climbs onto the roof of the building before revealing herself as Yolanda Montez, the new wildcat. I really tried to make sort of funny stuff. Happen in summaries when I write them I try to sort of make them a little light and silly
0: I love that you do that Because when I wrote the summaries I feel like they were boring
1: Well, I don't think I made this one particularly light or funny But I feel like it is a somewhat like Heavy on the drama issue
0: Yeah, it is It definitely is And there's not it. it it's not a drama that you can poke fun at too much
1: No Crisis is very much like a like Really heavy kind of tale
0: I mean it's about the world ending it's not like it's not like secret wars when it was just a bunch of heroes on this crazy made-up patchwork battle world
1: uh and secret wars had some really outlandish stuff that i don't feel like crisis doesn't necessarily have like right the hulk holding up like a mountain range
0: <laughs> right oh That was a great episode, let me say, where I get into the details of the actual amount of weight that that was. Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So we start this issue with the cover, which is a real creepy close-up of the anti-monitor's face. I don't know if in this issue they actually call him the anti-monitor, but I'm going to spoil something for everybody. That's what he's called. Like, if you, if you want to look this guy up on Wikipedia, you have to look up anti-monitor. You can't look up evil monitor. Well, Google's pretty good. You'd probably find it with evil monitor.
0: Uh, maybe some other keywords, like crisis on infinite earths, because evil monitor, like monitor's a fairly <laughs> common word here. You'll oh. probably find, like, a meme of, like, a monitor that somebody really hates for their computer.
1: Right. Oh, what a poor <laughs> refresh rate. My evil monitor. My anti-monitor. <laughs> But yeah, the what really strikes me about this cover is his creepy teeth.
0: Yeah. You kind of wonder almost, I, guess, I mean, I guess they're supposed to be teeth because it looks like teeth that are very, very straight and the roots go all the way up really oh. tall and there's no gums.
1: It's like what whales have.
0: He has whale teeth.
1: He's got whale teeth.
0: So I wonder how much food he can eat because whales, they eat a lot.
1: Like, do you think that the anti-monitor is a filter feeder? He just floats through space, like, letting particles... What does
0: the anti-monitor eat? Does he eat antimatter? I mean, he would have
1: I mean, he's from the antimatter universe, so anything he ate would be antimatter. Right. So even if he ate, like, a cheeseburger, it would be an antimatter cheeseburger. How
0: do you gain weight?
1: You gain anti-weight.
0: This sounds like my kind of place. (laughs)
1: So on the next page, we have our our opening splash. And the title of this issue is Three Earths, Three Deaths. Or just Three Earths Deaths. It has a big three and then Earths and Deaths. Kind of next, like right. But it
0: does the really cool like '80s thing of having like the three Earths is in a teal text, and then the three deaths is in a red text. And there are two threes, like like the blue is superimposed over the other. Like so, there's two threes there. So it's probably probably both.
1: There's like a there's like if it was a math equation, there'd be some brackets around Mm -hmm. three multiplied by Earths and deaths. And
0: plus, also at the top of the pages by the page numbers, it says three Earths, three deaths.
1: Yes, in our trade paperback, it says Three (laughs) Earths, Three Deaths. So
0: we're going to be pretty confident about the title.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I also, uh, I was reading something on the internet, and it said that this was called Three Earths, Three Deaths, and I was like, check. So we have the anti-monitor gloating about the fact that the monitor is dead, and that he's going to blow up the satellite headquarters of the monitor that still remains.
0: Can I say, there's a lot of, like, really great artwork in this and I'm but I'm still not sure how I feel about the anti-monitor's actual pose here he just looks kind of like generic superhero action figure like what you would get in the box
1: yeah he he is right out of the box um this isn't the most dynamic pose but I think it would this is like one of the first kind of full yeah. shots of him it actually is the first full body shot of him. So I think we... Um,
0: Cosplayers would love this picture.
1: Yeah, it'd be... I mean, he's pre- he's not quite a Kimbo, but almost.
0: Mm-hmm. Now,
1: or, um, as supine. a cosplayer,
0: I would say probably, like any other panel you saw him, something would look different on the costume anyway, so it would just be really infuriating, and you've just got to make your best guess.
1: Right. Man, <laughs> I would love to see someone cosplay as the anti-monitor, but it it'd seems really like it'd be cool. very difficult.
0: I mean, people can cosplay anything.
1: He's often shown in later appearances, I feel like, a somewhat bigger... Although he looks pretty imposing here, yeah,
0: he's looks like a full two feet taller than Psycho Pirate,
1: right? I mean, who knows how big Psycho Pirate is? He he kind of seems like he always looks a little small. Well, Mm -hmm. speaking of Psycho Pirate, so Psycho Pirate is what's great. What's great about this page? If it had no words, you could almost tell what was happening.
0: Yeah, I mean the monitor just looks pretty stoic and you could definitely tell that Psycho Pirate is begging and pleading.
1: Right. And, and the flash is kind of like
0: having some sort of struggle on the floor. Right. It's You got lots of different levels in here and I can appreciate that.
1: Yeah. Hey readers, George Perez does really excellent art and this is no exception.
0: Yeah, that the his art for me is what really has made Crisis so far. Right. If it had had this story and just mediocre art. I would, it'd be really hard, right?
1: Yeah. To jo- enjoy George it. Perez is always good. George Perez even like, I'm not sure if he's like drawn anything this year, but I got bought a comic in my adult life that he'd drawn. It was pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Dude's dude's prolific. Psycho Pirates pleading for the for, for like the antimatter to grant him his wish of giving him enough power to control an not, entire world. Not even
0: grant him his wish. Just hey, dude, keep your promise.
1: Right. You promised me that I'd be able to control millions of people. Uh, Meanwhile, the Flash is thinking about how he's regaining his emotions. Mm
0: -hmm. He's regaining control over himself because the Psycho psycho Pirate's power is lessening. probably because he's really focused on something else.
1: Right. And when the Flash is, like, when he's ready, he's going to try to do something
0: what he's going to do who knows but it'll probably happen at a really crucial moment
1: now what's interesting about any appearance of the flash after that uh, that one appearance is that you know that like he's like what like he disintegrated in front of batman like is he heading that way like what's what's going to happen
0: oh like when did he appear to batman right is that
1: cuz the flash is a time traveler like to th- some extent
0: that's a lot to try to digest there yeah I mean, we'll find out.
1: We certainly will. Um, So as we go into the next page, the monitor, or the the anti-monitor is um, saying, like, okay.
0: I could have another you in a minute. We went over this on the last episode.
1: (laughs) He said it a bunch. Yeah. He's a denigrating person.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm-hmm. He's really into negging.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The anti-monitor is a terrible pickup artist.
0: (laughs) Uh. So he's like, but there's there's probably not any time to get anybody else, so I guess I'll give you this power.
1: Right. And we get this kind of panel of him, like, zapping Psycho Pirate with extra power, and then Psycho Pirate, in his, like, mind, in his eyes, he sees, like, three simultaneous Earths kind of arranged in a triangle. hmm It's kind of cool looking.
0: Mm-hmm. Once again, beautiful art.
1: Yep. Yeah. Just really cool and dynamic. Even, like, the use of colors is really cool.
0: Yeah, I love the the lighting, the yeah. way that changes a psychopirate's skin tone here. He's almost like a golden yellow, so he gets these red kind of glowing eyes glowing with the light of the power he's getting from the Anti-Monitor and the Three Earths. It's It's cool. It's yeah. well done.
1: It is very, very cool.
0: So, next page is also... Pretty uh, gorgeous. I guess we didn't really establish like what Psycho's, psycho psycho or psycho pirates powers became, uh, but yes, his abilities were increased, and it seems pretty exponential. If we didn't make that clear by describing how gorgeous it looked when it happened,
1: yeah, it looks like he is going to be able to influence the emotions of the three separate Earths that remain, which are Earths or Earth. They, they don't have particular numbers. All of them: Earth Four, mm-hmm. Earth X. Mm-hmm. And Earth
0: S, right? Yes, right. And the X and the S are not Roman numerals for anything.
1: No, the S I'm I'm fairly certain it stands for Shazam. I don't know why Earth X is Earth X though. So we are um we go back to the satellite, which at the end of the last issue started to look like it was beset by mm-hmm. like these energies and like yeah. it was going to get torn apart.
0: The, the monitor satellite does not look like it's in any better shape this issue either. Uh, we have all the heroes scrambling for what they're going to do, trying to grab onto things. It looks like everything's kind of breaking apart.
1: Right. The the people who can fly are kind of picking up the people who can't fly. There's kind of a fun bit where one of the Hawkmans picks up Dr. Light, and she says in Japanese, Unhand me, dolt! No one touches Dr. Light. I am capable of saving myself. Mm-hmm.
0: And once again, this page is set up beautifully. We have like these four different panels of all of these heroes trying to scramble to save themselves and little little panels in between them of uh, Alexander Luther's kind of reaction and then harbinger's reaction where she realizes that the monitors ship can't survive and that it's up to her
1: right whereas Alexander Luther is like no the the shields are will hold don't worry about it for now we'll finish the mission and mm-hmm. the harbinger's like nope we got to do something right now mm-hmm Okay, so on the the next page, we have Alexander Luther saying that they they should whatever they do, they should not leave the satellite because they're in limbo and there's literally nothing.
0: Right, right. Which I think I'd kind of forgotten about uh, the monitors satellite. So uh, being in
1: limbo, which is kind, kind of, of like it's a- like a between positive and a- and negative energy universe mm-hmm. space,
0: right. And we have heroes trying to trying to save each other, and we've got a um, uh, Beast Boy.
1: Yeah, being a, kind of a creep. Mm-hmm. Beast Boy is 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 a bit of like a like womanizing creepo, and that's that's that is a somewhat like this isn't the only time like. The this, this same same team, Marv Wolfman and George Perez, did the new Teen Titans comic. Mm-hmm. He's a creep in that, too.
0: Well, let's talk about why. We're, I, I mean, I don't know if it's creep so much as uh, it is like stereotypical 80s dialogue here. Right.
1: Just but my luck. I'm surrounded by beautiful girls. Meaning there's a lot of uh, uh-huh. superheroes. We've got, yeah,
0: Wonder, Wonder Woman and Supergirl and stuff. Yeah.
1: And he says, so Natch, everything's crumbling into ruin. I I feel like I'm so stupid. I didn't know that Natch was naturally.
0: Naturally, yeah. I mean, I
1: did before this comic, but it was like last year that I discovered this. And I feel like it was from reading old comic books. Really? Yeah. I'm sorry. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Just
1: just haven't heard a lot of people say Natch.
0: I mean, I guess maybe I'm not sorry then.
1: Because that's (laughs) that's
0: a fortunate way to have lived your life.
1: Yep. Um, And then... Uh, the pariah starts to disappear again and just poofs out.
0: Yeah, that means he's. That means there's a greater danger elsewhere. We can always see the worst thing <laughs> happening anywhere in the multiverse through pariah.
1: Do you think if like there's maybe in the multiverse there's like a particularly boring day, the pariah like suddenly appears when like someone's about to get a paper cut, and he's like, "No, I am forced to watch the untold pain of millions of paper cuts."
0: <laughs> yeah like,
1: like no natural disaster so it's like just really low-key
0: i mean there's always somebody dying yeah paper cuts never going to be the worst thing
1: but what if it was
0: then gosh that'd be a lovely world sweetheart that your imagination <laughs> that the pariah is
1: freaking out at and then after the <laughs> paper cut, oh dang and he's like i'm drawn to greater peril <laughs>
0: <laughs> so pariah has <laughs> gone and uh luther or <laughs> I forget I have to keep specifying Alexander
1: Luther. Maybe we can just call him Alexander if we want to. But can I We call like... him Al. <gasps> if if uh <laughs> if I'll be your bodyguard, you can be my long lost pal. It's a it's a song called You Can Call Me Al. Oh. <laughs> it...
0: <laughs> I didn't know that was the name of that song.
1: If you be my bodyguard, I can be your long lost pal. <laughs> yep.
0: Why is it called
1: because he says, I like I, like I can call you Betty. When I call you Betty, you can call me Al. Call oh, me yeah, Al.
0: yeah. There it is. Yep. We can call him Al, right? <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> yes.
0: So, uh, Al tells Harbinger that he's like, I've got to use my energy to save us. And uh, Harbinger is like, No, no, no. That you will be sacrificing your life, which. Don't you ever just wonder in comics how they know how they're supposed to use, like, these untold powers, like, s- these life-sacrificing powers? I mean, it's not like you can practice that. Like, you can only do it once. How yeah. do they n- even know <laughs> like, <laughs> how Luther has the world's
1: crappiest power. I can only do this once! <laughs> there is a recent comic called The Worst X-Man, and it's about a mutant whose power is he can blow up. But that's it.
0: He can't come back together. So How can... does he know that's his power? I can't,
1: I haven't read the comic. I need to. But, like, the plot is... See, can... this
0: is what I need to know. How did these, like, one-time use sacrifice Apparently powers Apparently it, it goes
1: into it. <laughs> um what i love is that he says to harbinger pariah's gone like and then says now i have no choice like pariah was going to save them with his how complete is lack of powers
0: how is he like the linchpin in this land like what did he offer
1: my sick cape we got capes dude we got so many capes <laughs> my pink hair
0: lavender La- Yeah, lavender. lavender
1: hair we are uh remarkably light on lavender hair now so now Alexander goes and sits at this, like, little cool machine that has a helmet in it.
0: Yeah, like a clear space helmet hooked up to tube things. Cause
1: right, which he's going to use to grab uses, those three planets.
0: Yeah, he's using that's how he's going to use the power. I don't, apparently, he has a special helmet to use his power.
1: Yeah, or like monitors like this is my special power helmet. Like anybody the can use it. The monitor
0: did give him instructions about his, his abilities or whatever. Right. Which okay, I guess.
1: Right. But Harbinger decides that no he can't sacrifice himself. He we they need him later. His destiny lies mm-hmm. elsewhere. So, so she, she
0: shoots him with pink.
1: Yeah, you know, she pinks him. And then, and then
0: he collapses.
1: Yep. She calls him Alex and dear sweet Alex, should I live? I'll explain all the reasons why. About mm-hmm. why he she had to do that. So maybe we can just call him Alex.
0: I like Al.
1: Okay. Agree to disagree. <laughs> then we get this cool panel of all of the heroes, like, their or panel. It's like a 16-part panel.
0: I, yeah.
1: Of all the heroes' faces. And then Harbinger flying between the two rows of eight.
0: Yeah. It's... It's all so gorgeously done.
1: Yeah, George Perez really knows how to like use the comic book medium
0: mm-hmm. to
1: great effect. It's real cool. Yeah, this is like
0: like he, he's like the Gordon Ramsay <sighs> of like comic book artistry. He takes it. He takes a dish and he elevates it. <laughs>
1: It does. The, I feel like I, I should have shown you a George Perez comic when we, you were first started reading comics, and you're like, why can't I just read this panel by panel? Which is like, that's like the way that you prefer to read a lot of comics. Uh-huh. And I'm not saying that's wrong or anything, but I wanted to be like, sometimes it's really cool to see a full page, and you're like, uh-huh. I have no context for that. I should right. have just been like, have a George Perez.
0: Right. Yeah. This is one comic <laughs> that anytime I can tell that when I'm... Because I still read panel by panel, because I just, I like it bigger. I just... Uh, you can see a lot more, but this is one where I consistently always zoom back out to see full, full page, because it's gorgeous. It's, it's very well done.
1: Right. So she goes and flies to her body, because I guess when she is Harbinger, she's outside of Lila's body. Mm-hmm. It says she flies into her mechanical womb, where her earthly body awaits. Yeah. Yep. And then the monitor satellite blows up in this big, big, like, half-page... Mm-hmm. Panel. And uh, that's the the last we're going to see of them for a little bit. Maybe forever. They're all dead. Bye-bye all those heroes. Supergirl's dead. Wonder yep. Woman's dead. They're all dead. Yep. Maybe, dead.
0: Maybe you didn't pay attention to our summary and you think that's a possibility. <laughs> maybe
1: that's true. So now we go back to Earth 2, which a uh, quick reminder, Earth 2 is the earth where the heroes all appeared in like World War 2 era so by the 80s which is when the mm-hmm. like contemporary with this comic they're all kind of getting up there a little bit
0: right and they they call where these planets are at the netherverse
1: yes i think i called it limbo and which uh
0: well limbo is where the monitor satellite was but the earths are not in limbo they're in the netherverse we get the multiverse the antimatter universe and the netherverse and Probably more verses.
1: Oh, yeah, and th- there's a new crossover that we'll probably eventually cover called DC Metal, and there's a dark multiverse.
0: Of course there is.
1: Right. And it's not the antimatter universe. It is a dark multiverse.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Comics.
1: DC loves to be cosmic and weird. Mm-hmm. So we have um, Ted, Ted Grant, not Ted Cord, who's Blue Beetle, Ted Grant, who is Wildcat. Mm-hmm. Who is uh, being carried in by Adam, who is uh, another member of the Justice Society. And his legs are all bandaged up because they got real wrecked when he...
0: Okay, can I just say if his legs were wrecked and you needed to bandage them up, why are they bent like that? Like, maybe, are they just bandaged it from the bleeding? Because if his legs were, like, broken and stuff...
1: Yeah, they're not splinted. They're literally just, like, wrapped in bandages like he's, like, a half-mummy person. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little geeky. It's goofy. not the
0: best medical care, but I guess it's the end of the world. So you take what you can get.
1: Yeah. And he's 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 in kind of a bad, bad mood. He's like, cool, what good am I now?
0: Yeah, probably never going to be able to walk again or right. anything. And then we see outside of his window a lady who...
1: Well, we've seen this lady before.
0: Yes. Yes. Yolanda.
1: Yep, that's Yolanda. Yolanda was the one who caught the kid that he dropped.
0: That's right.
1: When he got injured.
0: That's right, and she's not costumed or anything. She's just in some khaki pants and a yellow button up and hanging out the window,
1: yeah, not wearing shoes though she's barefoot, yep,
0: yeah, yep, yeah. and she's thinking about poor Ted, we've been together so much,
1: which that's confusing to me. I guess I don't know enough about this character,
0: right, yeah, it's
1: been together so much,
0: but I never told you about my special abilities.
1: Oh, she was apparently in Infinity, Inc.
0: Yeah, well, we have a little note down here to see Infinity, Inc. for details.
1: Yes, um, that's fair. And she says that they could have, she she wishes, like, that he could still be Wildcat because she would make a great member of the team.
0: Mm-hmm. And then, looks like she's like, well, it looks like Wildcat's days are over. Or maybe not.
1: A-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum-bum. Ted's having kind of a lay down, and Adam kind of leaves him in his room.
0: Mm-hmm. Because the world's still ending. He's still got to do do something about it, right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Poor Wildcat. He's like, world's ending. Guess I'll lay here. So now we get this page that is pretty much set apart from the rest of the comic, where...
0: There's this massive tornado on right. Earth-1, and we see in the tornado... Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor.
1: This is the evil Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. And he's just snagged by a beam from space... And we finally catch up with the mm-hmm. the kind of tentacly faced robot ship that Brainiac has.
0: This ship—it's
1: literally just... just Brainiac's face with tentacles.
0: Yeah, tentacles coming out like where a neck would be.
1: Yeah, so, he's like a squid, like a like a. He Brainiac looks like face it squid. looks like
0: something from Pirates of the Caribbean in space.
1: <gasps> yeah, kind of does.
0: Space pirates.
1: Now Brainiac makes Lex Luthor a deal here, or basically, I mean, kind of like a kidnap deal. <laughs>
0: An, an offer. I don't know if they make a deal.
1: Right. And he says, I offer you a plan calculated to make us both rulers of this universe. But Lex Luthor seems a little skeptical because he's like, um, hi, I don't know you.
0: <laughs> he's like, yeah, this is weird.
1: Yep. At least I'm not on Earth where I'm. he was apparently fleeing Superman. Right. This is probably better than that mm-hmm. for
0: him. In Superman 413.
1: Yep. Yeah, there's some tie-ins to Crisis that we're not covering. It's probably fine.
0: There were tie-ins to...
1: Secret Wars. Secret Wars. Kind of. Kind of. So now we go to Earth-X, uh, yes. which is being consumed by the antimatter cloud. Yes. You know, like, kind of a little bit.
0: Mm-hmm. Earth-X was the, the world whose second major war, World War II, lasted more than 40 years.
1: Yes. I'm trying to remember if it's ended or not in by Crisis, but it's...
0: It's still pretty fresh.
1: Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's just like a lot of comics love to do like heroes fighting contemporary Nazis in Earth X. In fact, I think there was recently a crossover of like the TV shows, the DC TV shows where they go to Earth X and fight Nazis. Mm. Right. So the, the superheroes from this world are called the freedom fighters, although they're not from Earth X, they're from Earth 2 and they moved over to Earth X at some point. Comics. Comics. But we don't meet them right away. We no. meet a small group of heroes that has been transported from the monitor satellite. They pulled like um one of those Star Trek TNG tricks where like the <laughs> ship blows up and they're like did we get their transport signature and then they appear on the transport pad and they're like
0: whoo. Yep. Kind of yep. like
1: that. Yeah. They're all transported onto a building.
0: Mhm. And uh, suddenly Doctor Light can understand everybody and be understood by everybody.
1: Yes, and um, I
0: don't know that it's explained why
1: it was. Um, it's a or what's his name, North Wind, who is one of the heroes who's there. Who I've I don't know very well, to be honest. Said sounds like either that Luther kid or Harbinger did something to you, Light. One thing for sure, it'll su- certainly simplify things.
0: Right. So part of my thinking is. They've just done this in the comic to simplify things.
1: Someone, yeah, someone did just didn't want to explain anymore, like, why? Like, oh, right, she doesn't know mm-hmm. um, English. Right.
0: And once they arrive there and discover, oh, yes, she can be understood by everybody now, they see sort of like an image, almost like a painting in the sky of Harbinger doing they don't know what. And it's like a huge, larger-than-life image.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's definitely like it's not, it's kind of like blue and smoky almost.
0: Mm-hmm. It looks like a watercolor painting in the sky.
1: Right, and then Northwind notices. Northwind's kind of a bird person.
0: Mm-hmm. We um, had a lot of those.
1: There are literally two. So this group consists of one of the Hawkmans. There are many Hawkmans. Northwind, Doctor Light, Steel, or Captain Steel, and Starfire.
0: And her crazy hair.
1: Starfire just is going to, yeah, she's got some pretty pretty wild hair. It's not quite Medusa hair, but it is not unlike Medusa hair. I I mean, Medusa from, oh, comics. Medusa from Marvel, not Medusa from Greek mythology. Mm -hmm. Starfire does not have snake hair. She just has a lot of red hair. Yes. Yes. Um, So Northwind notices that a group of people are running toward the antimatter cloud. Yeah. So he swoops down to get in their way. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, notices that they look, like, terrified, but, like, in a way where they're, like, sort of glazed over.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, he says their eyes are glassy as if they're being controlled. Yeah, he
1: can tell a lot about them. This, yeah. Yeah, he's pretty good. And he gets zapped by a beam of something when he's trying to stop these people.
0: Mm-hmm. One of the Freedom Fighters.
1: Yeah, Ray. So now we are introduced to the Freedom Fighters, um, who is led—they're led by a guy named Uncle Sam— Who's just Uncle Sam? Yep, and he is—he's just kind of like a tough guy. He was literally made in a time where everybody was mar- making patriotic superheroes, and they were like, "Why not make Uncle Sam?" I'm sure everybody high fived, and they—that was good.
0: Mm-hmm. And he's still around.
1: Uh, yeah. At least I don't know if I don't know if they're currently making a comic with the Freedom Fighters, but on and off, yeah.
0: Oh, you know, it's never really like dawned on me that we're reading.
1: This comic's 30 years old. More than 30 years old.
0: Yeah. It just never really dawned on me just how old this comic is. I'm like, oh, it's from the 80s. This, it's fairly recent. Yeah. Like, yeah, if somebody was in this comic, of course. Yeah, they're still around. No. It's, we're getting old. We're <laughs> from the 80s. You
1: know, we We originated in the 80s.
0: So... Yeah, we have yeah the Freedom Fighters that have fired on the superheroes, and his angry mob of people is just bludgeoning Northwind. Hawkman's freaking out because his son, Norda, is being being bludgeoned, and can I just say, for a dad, he's in real great shape.
1: <laughs> Every superhero dad's in phenomenal shape.
0: I mean, they just, they look like they could be the same age, father and son, there, mm-hmm. and... Hawk, Hawkman is taken, taken out kind of by Black Condor. Yeah. He, uh... He just, like,
1: wallops him.
0: Yeah, villain. You and your friends are the cause of this insanity. You're destroying our planet. We'll kill you. I swear we'll kill you.
1: You can tell that their emotions are being affected, huh?
0: I wonder who's doing that.
1: Yeah. Oh, so he's... A little bit of a backtrack. He calls him his son. I don't think it's necessarily his... I don't think Northwind is necessarily his biological son. But it's Hawkman and Hawkman's complicated, and maybe we don't necessarily dwell on that. Uh, Readers, if you'd love to send in any sort of correction on that, you go for it.
0: I mean, I could edit it out, too.
1: Oh, yeah. But it isn't his... He, like, mistook him for his father because it was like a bird... He's a half bird person, so it was like a bird bonding sort of thing.
0: Oh, <laughs> so like he like imprinted on a different on a different dad, yeah, okay, like
1: birds do like birds, I don't even think birds do that, <laughs> really um I, the panel where Black Condor like wallops him is so good, though, so on the next page, Black Condor is blasted back by starfire, shoots him with a little beam that goes scree. I like that scree too. It kind of Yeah,
0: cuz it's part of the blast. It's not mm-hmm. just
1: off to the side. It's very cool. Um and Doctor Light tries to stop the crowd with a big old light wall,
0: which she's somewhat successful in doing until Ray stops her.
1: Right. Ray Ray also has some kind of light beam powers. Uh-huh. So then Hawkman catches her out of the air.
0: And Hawkman's like, something is wrong. Like, I know these people. This isn't them.
1: Right. And that's, like, because this Hawkman's from Earth 2 as well.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. And he's like, they must be being controlled. And Dr. Light's like, controlled? By who? And then we see. Well, that's
1: a terrible question, right? Like, we know who.
0: Well, does she know? Like, the bad guy.
1: (laughs) I guess maybe it's possible, like, there's a third entity who's here who's controlling them for different nefarious stuff. It's just funny.
0: Well, I mean, maybe it's coming from this anti-monitor guy, but he we had they don't know that he has those powers, so it's he's doing it through somebody.
1: That's true. And that somebody is of course Psycho Pirate. Right? We get a two-page panel. Where it's apparently basically
0: Psycho Pirate's like this is like too much. He's, like ODing on this level of control,
1: right? Like, like Psycho Pirate has, you know, he he thought that seventy-two ounce steak challenge would be a really good idea, but he's on like ounce fifty, and he's going, "Oh man, I still have twenty-two more ounces."
0: God, that sounds terrible.
1: That's a big steak.
0: I think I can maybe eat like four ounces of a steak.
1: Oh. I've eaten, like, a 16-ounce steak before. I mean, I was younger. I think I could consistently do 12.
0: I just, you know...
1: You've eaten, like, a half-pound burger. That's eight ounces.
0: Oh, is it really? Yeah. I don't know. Just steak, like, when it's maybe in something, Mm -hmm. but just, like, giving me, like, a a T-bone or just, like, a big steak, I'm like, no, no.
1: That's fair. That's totally fair. Or it's, like, what if it's, like, he's eating something really hot and he thought that he could really... Chow down on that that hot stuff, maybe like a very spicy curry. But like four bites into that curry, he can't. But Anti monitors like, nope, I bought this whole curry, and you're gonna eat it,
0: right? <laughs> uh, I'm just comparing this thinking to food, about challenges. food challenges. And I'm thinking about, oh, there's just like one with like this huge breakfast platter that's just, oh, looks. I love breakfasts, but a, a, a challenge readers, breakfast. Readers, I don't know if you can understand like. My level of love for breakfast. I could eat it nearly every yeah, meal of Christy the day. Christy
1: really loves breakfast. I don't think you could eat a, a giant breakfast butter, though. Also, to some extent, like, food challenges are kind of awful, right? Like, oh, no, I could never <laughs>
0: win probably, like, a single food challenge. I well, just, just can't like, consume like, that much food in one sitting.
1: like, the, like, okay, let's just give one person a gluttonous amount of food and see if they can just shove it all in.
0: How must that look? To people in other countries, like you know, they're not doing this in like France, like
1: right, or like even in America. Let's 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 really someone who is like needing to, or they're having trouble like eating (laughs) or getting food.
0: All right, so psychopirates taking on too much, and now we see Earth four.
1: Yep, Earth Four is the Earth where the Charlton comics superheroes are from. So these are the heroes that will inspire the characters from Watchmen, which is one of the most popular comics ever. And
0: I know you said Charlton, but in my head I'm thinking Charleston. Oh that's why you're kind dance. of Charlestoning. Uh-huh. Yeah,
1: Charlton Comics was a comic company that DC bought out. And uh, it's, it's stole all their superheroes. Some of them are some real duds, let me tell you. <laughs> in fact, I would go on to say that maybe only three of the superheroes that are in this particular issue from Earth 4 are ones that have kind of entered the, the common mainstream. Mm-hmm. All right, so the heroes that we have here, we have Block, who's the stone dude.
0: hmm We have Katana. Yep.
1: Who's... Martian Manhunter. hmm
0: And we have the Flash from Earth Two.
1: Yep, that's Jay Jay Garrick, Garrick. not Barry Allen. Mm -hmm. And then we have Azrael, not the Azrael from Batman in the '90s, which if you search Azrael DC Comics, is what you're gonna find. He's got wings, kind of somewhat unimportant, really, in this issue.
0: Yep, because he uh, basically, uh, when they get to Earth Four, it is like super raining, and they see Harbinger's little outline here in the sky as well and wonder what she's doing. And Osriel just kind of flies up in the air and then sees a flying craft. Blue Beetles, little spaceship.
1: Yeah. Uh, what I love is that Osriel then says, I'm a stranger to Earth-1 lost without memory, but that frightens me. What is it? Right? Why did this poor guy get picked? He just seems really confused.
0: <laughs> and and uh, Jay Garrick Flash Yells at him to fly away Because something in the ship is glowing And then suddenly he's like struck down And
1: But like it looks like an atom Yeah So then Jay Garrick creates this cool updraft By doing the Flash thing of running around in a circle Until you make a tornado To mm-hmm. sort of cushion his fall uh-huh. I love when flashes do stupid speed stuff you
0: See if you were playing D&D All you'd have to do is cast Feather
1: Fall Yeah and well, he has where... a feather on him he could have just plucked one out, mm-hmm. cast Featherfall. Mm-hmm. So it turns out that this this um, Adam was cast at Osrail by Captain Adam, who is a somewhat strong superhero who has some kind of wild atomic abilities.
0: Mm-hmm. And I, I like that he looks like he's, he's not the youngest guy. I like when uh, the uh, heroes can be a little bit higher in age.
1: Right. Um, Doesn't
0: seem like that happens for the women very much, but you know.
1: <laughs> that's That's yeah, another that's issue true.
0: for for another another time maybe another podcast.
1: Right. And Blue Beetle even though he fought with these these um, other heroes is saying that they're going to destroy the world and that they he says, they scared me out of my wits with this fright story that give goosebumps to Stephen King. They think they're going to destroy our world, too. So let's say we surprise him some. So then Block is hit with a with like a blast of something. He's
0: like, whoa, dude, I thought these these people were our friends.
1: Yeah, I thought Blue Beetle was going to be our friends, our friend. And uh, he is accosted by Nightshade and the Peacemaker.
0: Mm-hmm. Who is not very peaceful right now.
1: No, definitely not. So um, Nightshade is, uh, she can manipulate darkness. So I actually think she's the one who kind of shot the blast there.
0: Mm, at Block.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And to some extent, I think she is the inspiration for Silk Spectre. But Silk Spectre is also specifically inspired by like Black Canary. So I don't know. The Peacemaker, though, is the inspiration for The Comedian. Mm. Yeah, just as Blue Blue Beetle is the inspiration for Night Owl. What is up
0: with his goofy helmet?
1: It is so silly.
0: It's like he has like a bubble helmet over every part of his face except his nose and mouth.
1: He doesn't. Just like the the comedian, though, he doesn't have powers really, other than
0: a goofy helmet.
1: A goofy helmet. (laughs) Um, Captain Adam is kind of the most powerful one on Earth Four. He's kind of... Dr. Manhattan was inspired by him. Mm. Right.
0: So Peacemaker's like, well, we maybe we don't have to destroy them, but... Oh, hold on! One of them's got a sword? Like, she just... They're, like, blasting them, and she's like, wait, 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 a
1: sword? Whoa! Yeah, and Katana's basically like, "Hey, you're gonna have to hear us out here. Your world's doomed, otherwise." And then she is attacked by someone called the Judo Master.
0: Yeah, in the shadows behind her, we have we have a voice saying, "Where am I? This isn't the Orient, eh?" Yes. A Japanese woman. I may be wrong. That flash of light merely confused me.
1: Yep. So Judo Master kind of seems a little bit less culturally sensitive for someone named Judo Master. Right. Judo Master is definitely like... Judo Master even says, like, I'm not going to let you beat up any Americans. So uh, Martian Manhunter is fighting against Captain Adam with... uh, Martian Manhunter, everybody forgets, has, like, all of Superman's powers, practically. He's very strong. So he shoots him with some eye lasers.
0: Then we've got uh, we've got Flash checking on Osriel.
1: Yeah, who <laughs> Osriel doesn't even know his name. So you know what? I don't feel bad that we were kind of confused about Osriel.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so we've got Flash who has kind of checked in on Osriel and just to make sure he's okay and doesn't know his name. And Osriel's like, I don't really know my name either, dude. So. He basically says, hey, you've got, you know, good eyes, and I'm not gonna let you get hurt, so don't kind of throw your life away. Right. And then he hauls out and, and punches one of the dudes attacking him.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's someone named Thunderbolt. It's The Flash punches Thunderbolt. It's referenced on the next page by the Blue mm, Beetle. Okay. So Blue Beetle um, is kind of terrified. He's, like, shaking at the controls of of his little ship, and the question is behind him. Mm-hmm. The question is a dude who kind of just has a mask that gives him no face.
0: Right. We, and, we saw him in an earlier issue.
1: Oh, okay. The question's kind of a detective type. He... He's what you like. Rorschach is based off of the question.
0: Yeah, so he seems to sense that there is something controlling them, kind of forcing them on to attack the other heroes.
1: Right, and he, he also like seems to know that he's being controlled. Uh huh. I think that's kind of interesting. That's some that's some pretty cool self awareness.
0: So then we go to the merging Earths one and two.
1: Right. To um, Under the Sea. This, this scene was really confusing to me. So it's Atlantis, mm-hmm. but it's also because time periods are merging. It's the 40,000 years ago Atlantis, which was above water. And now since it's merging, it's kind of it's like sunk. Yeah. So Aquaman, Aqualad, and Aquagirl are there, and they're trying to swim to where their home is supposed to be. And they can't find it.
0: Mm-hmm. And Lori Lamaris can't find her home either.
1: Yep, she's kind of a mermaid. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 this is basically like a... We're going to reference this in a tie-in, because it says, CJLA, JLA. Right. Some JLA issues in an Aquaman miniseries.
0: I feel like otherwise not really important to the story, so they I just mean, maybe, leave
1: them... Yeah. It appears...
0: I, it may come back later, but...
1: Right. Some A couple other underwater cities have been... Shifted to a future Earth as well. So as Aquaman swims away to try to find his wife...
0: Mm -hmm. We see Ocean Master and Black Manta.
1: Yep, who are looking on and noticing that he's quite troubled. But then Dolphin, who Dolphin is another Aquaman character who... She was given aquatic powers by an alien race when she fell off a cruise ship when she was a kid.
0: Standard comic book fare.
1: Yep, the villains disappear. And she is wondering what the heck's going on there, mm-hmm. um, which that's more of that's going to happen later.
0: Mm-hmm. She's like, well, I should probably tell Aquaman, but I also feel really scared and very alone.
1: Yeah. All right. To Earth-S, where uh, we have a dynamic panel of Changeling, um, or Beast Boy, mm-hmm. um, getting, like, launched through a wall.
0: Mm-hmm. He's like, watch out, beautiful. I can't stop.
1: Uh Right that and that that beautiful is black canary.
0: Yeah, interesting costuming here as opposed to what I think of currently for black canary,
1: which is like the fishnets.
0: Mhm. Yeah, she's got a it's a full very covering suit that's mostly blue with some black uh paneling on it.
1: Yeah. And we see that he has been kind of smashed through that wall by Captain Marvel. So Captain Marvel is a superhero that I know a lot about. He is somewhat Superman-esque, enough so that the company that owned him got sued because he was too close to being like Superman, and that's why he's in D.C. now, because I think (laughs) they ended up like buying him out. Um, He starts, like, in his alter ego, he is a boy, and when he says the magic word Shazam, he transforms into the adult superhero that is Captain Marvel. Mm -hmm. He's the best, and I love him. But in this, he's really not the best. He's being controlled by Psycho Pirate like everybody else. Um, and he recognizes Supergirl, but doesn't know why they're there tearing his world apart.
0: Mm-hmm. So he thinks it's all their fault.
1: Right. So Supergirl decks him in the face and thinks that she's going to have to reason with him because something is controlling him. Right. Yeah. So if you guys haven't noticed, it's basically three worlds. We send a group of superheroes to them. They're being controlled by Psychopirate, and they fight back.
0: Yep. So this is a lot of heroes versus heroes.
1: So uh, Captain Marvel strikes back at Supergirl, who is really trying to reason with him. And it even goes into the next page.
0: And talking's just not working.
1: It really is not at all. hmm
0: And then we have Beast Boys, Bird, and Black Canary, who are noticing big crowd of people and a huge crystal barrier around the antimatter.
1: Right. Which uh, is being put up by Cole, Cole, who has kind of so crystal powers. Broke. She was in it a couple issues ago. Mm-hmm. Um, she's keeping the people from leaping into the antimatter cloud. Good on her.
0: And then they see Harbinger in the sky, because Harbinger's in the sky everywhere.
1: Yep. Harbinger's in the sky with crystals. Yep. Yep.
0: Yeah, we get that. We -hmm. We understand the Beatles (laughs) reference. It is tenuous, but it is there.
1: No, it's great. So on our next page, we have Wonder Woman who has lassoed Mary Marvel. Mary Marvel is another Captain Marvel adjacent superhero. She turns into Mary Marvel by shouting something. I think she also shouts Shazam.
0: Feels like Mary Marvel should be like a name said in a tongue twister.
1: Yeah. What's funny is I'm his like he has a rank and she just has like a name. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, her name's Mary. That's like half yep. half an alter ego right there. And then So Wonder Woman has lassoed her because the truth of it we'll will set her free. It will call yeah, and calm her down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Set her free from emotional emotional discord,
0: but she's fighting it.
1: Right, and then Captain Marvel Jr., who is yet another Marvel, comes in and wallops Wonder Woman, who has a great exclamation of mercy, merciful
0: Minerva.
1: <laughs> it's very good. And then we they get um, affected by a, a sonic scream coming from or the canary cry from Black Canary mm-hmm. as her a
0: S- sonic cry,
1: right as. The another Marvel, who is Uncle Marvel, is being grappled with Beast Boy, Changeling as a snake.
0: Right, so the Marvel family's under control.
1: Yeah, for now, but for they're now. still wondering what the heck is going on with Harbinger.
0: Mm-hmm. And then we go to Earth X,
1: right, where Steel has apparently had it up to here, mm-hmm. and he's he just starts punching a bunch of civilians. <laughs> And Uncle Sam is having none of this civilian punching, American flag disrespecting, because Steele is wearing a costume made of, like, American flag paraphernalia. and Uncle Which
0: Uncle Sam, S- Sam is not?
1: Yeah, Uncle Sam definitely seems to be. I think because he's a bad guy, he's the one who's desecrating it.
0: Oh. Uh, uh. Right.
1: Although, if you go by flag etiquette, you're actually not supposed to make any costume that looks like, or any clothing that has the American flag on it. Mm-hmm. But Uncle Sam's kind of always looked like that, so I mean, like you know, when the when the artist was like, "Okay, you're gonna draw the Uncle Sam superhero," just draw, just draw, the, just draw the Uncle Sam, just draw him.
0: Right. And Uncle Sam tries to uh, punch Steel and is like, "Oh, your face is like iron."
1: Yeah, he he almost like looks like he's like shattering his hand on his on uh, Steel's face. Steel does not want to is not thrilled with fighting Uncle Sam. Hmm. Um, and then on
0: Earth 4, uh, we see Judo Master
1: yep, fighting, fighting Katana. Katana. And Katana's noticing that he is not in control of his emotions.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What What's cool about Earth 4 is it's, like, pouring down rain. Right. Blue
0: Beetle's ship is suddenly stopped.
1: Right, because Block and Martian Manhunter are pushing it.
0: Mm-hmm. Where
1: Block has figured out that it's probably the psycho pirate who's done all this. Right. Good on you, Block.
0: But then suddenly the cosmos shutters
1: yeah and now we get a very very cool page yes of all three universes and like their subsequent planets being like shunted Mm -hmm. into like this image of
0: so we have one massive like background panel of Mm -hmm. harbinger and it looks like all of these different worlds are either shooting out of or into her her belly looks like it's coming from harbinger's belly almost yeah and then these littler panels throughout where we see Earth Four, Earth X, and Earth S, the faces of the heroes reacting to whatever is going on. And as they're all drawn in, we see Psychopyrate freaking out.
1: right, because he is no longer in control of anyone's emotions.
0: right. so he's he's got he's got a look of panic right. And then the next page is just a silhouette of Harbinger with all this en- energy coming out of her, and mm-hmm. different circles that are maybe Earths, or maybe some sort of energy. I don't know. It just looks pretty cool.
1: Right. It's summarized with, Two Earths had been previously saved from imminent destruction. Three more now join them, and Harbinger, given great powers by the man she was forced to kill. Harbinger is simply no more mm-hmm. on the next page. But, Lila! Oh,
0: yeah. yeah, we got Al saying Lila. Are they saved? Did I do it? Is what Lila saying.
1: Right. And uh, Al Alex says that Hey, you're the Harbinger's no more, but you're Lila now. And they're kind of sitting on a floating rock in the middle of space. They're able to breathe and stuff, though.
0: Mm-hmm. And just looking at this swirl of planets beneath them, and the, And she says that the five worlds are slowly merging now. So they're all in the same netherverse.
1: Right. And they're, they're vibrationally separated, kind mm-hmm. of the same way that that happens in The Flash. Right. But... If they all come together without them doing something, they will all annihilate each other.
0: Yep. So things are slightly better, but not perfect yet. Right. And now there's only one question: How do they get off the floating rock?
1: Right, because I I think they need to kind of dive in to help.
0: Hmm. Um. And back to Earth too.
1: Yeah, some of the villains and the heroes who have, or I guess, are kind of teaming up. These are specifically the Justice Society of America and some some villains are noticing that the Earths are be, all becoming more visible. But then some of the villains just disappear. Mm-hmm. Power Girl and Green Lantern. This is uh, Alan Scott, Green Lantern, so the original Green Lantern are noticing. Uh, oh, and Johnny Quick, who is a uh, another <laughs> another hero. There's a bunch of heroes in here who are oh. All... Some no, almost it never seen again. It is a
0: tedious amount of heroes.
1: Yeah, if you guys are noticing. Like we are remembering all these heroes is kind of tough. I
0: it's more than any one person aside from I don't know. This is com- like
1: seriously made for like hardcore DC fans at the right. time. I feel like right. But the 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 heroes are kind of confused as to why the villains are disappearing because it doesn't seem anti matter related. Mm-hmm. They just seem like they're disappearing.
0: And back to Ted Grant.
1: Yep, who's having a snooze, and a silhouetted woman
0: with some whiskers,
1: with some whiskers, kind of monologuing to him about how she feels sorry for him, with the his feeling of helplessness and his legs being shattered, but she's gonna make sure that the world has a wild cat. So then this woman climbs atop the roof and does mm-hmm. a does a sick backflip. We do and we do a quick zoom out to Alexander Luther and Lila on that floating rock again in space, and. Lila says to Alexander Luther, basically like, "Well, the monitor trusted you and your power, and we'll have to trust in his trust in him who trusts in you."
0: Yeah, basically. Right.
1: And then we go quickly down to the last panel where the the Wildcat, the new Wildcat, is uh, Yolanda Montez, who is no longer just, just a reporter. Just a reporter. So she is now decked out in a new Wildcat costume.
0: Hmm. And next up, Double-Sized Dynamite, the one you've been demanding, the origin of the Monitor, the origin of Pariah, the origin of Harbinger, plus the shocking ending of this century. Be here.
1: Yeah, we're probably going it's to... A, it's a longer issue next issue, so you guys might get some extra content. So what would you think of this issue? I, it, I felt like I had to keep diving in for reference materials when I was reading it, and then obviously, like, doing it again, we... They're just, there's just there are so many heroes.
0: I've just gotten to the point that I know we have to know their names to actually like talk about them, but I feel like in reading the actual comic, it really doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, I mean, I learned all of the names of those World War II heroes, like the guy in the haunted tank. That guy has not shown back up,
0: right? Or right. like all
1: the cowboy superheroes.
0: Right. This comic is not about getting you invested in their existing characters. They're about it's about little cameos and these brand spanking new characters that they made up just for crisis.
1: Yeah, this is a story of Alexander Luther, Monitor, Pariah and Harbinger. I mm-hmm. guess on the Monitor, the Anti-Monitor.
0: And that's a little it's a little bit frustrating. They definitely did try to get you hooked in with the heroes at the beginning, and you think, oh, this is going to be a story about the heroes. But no, it's these stories about these characters that you don't really know much about yet. And I don't know that we immediately had a reason to care about them. But next issue, we're going to get some origins.
1: Yeah, that'll be cool. Well, we still have a little bit more to do. We We have
0: accolades.
1: Accolades. All right, Christy, what is your best line?
0: My best line is when... Uncle Sam is talking to uh, Ray and he says, we got us a menace to fight. And if we've got to tear apart those costumed outworlders to do it, then by golly, we will. I just love the by golly.
1: Yeah, that's pretty good. I, I kind of love Uncle Sam as a character. He shows up in a few other crossovers and he is he's quite excellent. He's real silly. Who's uh, your best line? My best line is from Changeling, who, after he gets clobbered in his elephant form through a wall, says, Anyone catch the license plate on that fist that just hit me?
0: <laughs> Meaning
1: Captain Marvel. I
0: like that, <laughs> that line, too.
1: Pretty yeah. good line.
0: Uh, some of his lines were a little questionable, but they, they were at least humorous. Yeah,
1: I particularly liked that one. Uh-huh.
0: So, Greatest Hero... I mean it we probably gotta have the same one. Yeah. Right? Maybe Harbinger?
1: Yeah, Harbinger for
0: Right. There, there's like no other choice here. This whole issue is just about how Harbinger is a hero.
1: Yeah. When everybody else is kind of fighting other heroes.
0: Right. So that yeah, daily double. Yeah,
1: we got a daily double.
0: <laughs> and coolest moment.
1: Okay, uh, my coolest moment is the pa- or is the page where the three universes are being consumed into Harbinger's, like, being...
0: Another Daily <laughs> Another Devil! Daily Devil.
1: Oh, jeez. Guys, we don't, uh, don't confirm, or we don't even talk to you about these before we say nope. them. We just nope. have a lot of Daily Devils.
0: Yeah, so that, I mean... As soon as you started talking about how cool you thought this page was, I was like, oh, crap, that's probably his coolest moment, too. Oh, no.
1: It was really cool. I recommend that all of you reading along take a good look at that page.
0: Right. I mean, it's so... You notice, like, our coolest moment wasn't, like, narratively... I mean, it was a narratively cool moment, Mm -hmm. but what made it was that art.
1: Yeah. I find myself looking really, like, the art, really does the lion share of the storytelling for me in crisis definitely and i feel like it it like i almost like really quickly go through narr or like the caption narrative captions mm-hmm. and just kind of focus on the art
0: mm-hmm.
1: i mean like no shade to marv wolfman i just i to me it just seems like george perez's art is really really carrying a lot of the weight of the storytelling
0: mhm So the Crusher Creel Award for Silly Villainy, mine had to go to Brainiac.
1: Yeah, mine did too. Literally like the only villainy moment in this issue.
0: Aside from like the Anti-Monitor, who is not at all silly, and Psycho-Pirate, who just kind of seemed like... He's just a little sad. Yeah, he was just a little sad.
1: Yeah, so Brainiac just kind of kidnapping Luther and being like, whoa, 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 I know the universe is going to end, but I got got to deal. Right. I think Brainiac has gotten another one of my silly villainy awards. Oh, he did.
0: I mean, his whole ship is just ridiculous.
1: Yeah. It's just his... He's supposed to, like, rely upon logic and stuff. And I'm like, the logic of just making a ship that looks like your face.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Comics.
1: Yeah. Comics are silly.
0: All right. Well, I think this wraps up. Issue six. Thank you guys so much for uh, listening and uh, readers. We really appreciate all you guys.
1: Yeah. Um, if you want to talk with us, you can follow us on Twitter on at Chris's pod, Facebook on at Chris's pod as well. You can email us at Chris's on infinite earths at gmail.com. We appreciate any sort of correspondence and we also appreciate those five star reviews on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: All right. So, until next time...
1: Slay your enemies, and all you desire shall be yours.
0: episode might need bloopers <laughs> so
1: you always start with a sign that cracks me up
0: to bring the remaining three earths into the limbo that earths one and two exist on oh i can't end in a preposition like that okay I mean,
1: the preposition is is not as taboo as it once was i
0: don't like it okay sometimes it happens mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to happen here and i can stop it <laughs> okay <laughs> all right so, uh, Alan Harbinger just uh, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> you are really going to call him out? I'm going to call him out. <laughs> Calling him Alexander Luther. That's like somebody just talking about me and saying Christina Edelman. And when I
1: call you at school, I say, "Can I have Christina Edelman's room?"
0: Well, yes. Yeah. They probably would know even if you just said Christina.
1: Yeah. I need or a, Mrs. Edelman. I what's like the shortest one I can do? That's like Al. <laughs> You,
0: you can't do Mrs. E because there's, there's, there's a, couple a lot of those. those,
1: a lot of those in life. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, what a weird digression. Uh,
0: so Al, uh, <laughs> decides that he's going <laughs> to, can I just say, that? maybe it wouldn't, would go much faster if I just yep. said Alexander Luther. Then we go to Earth X S, S Earth S, X, S. They're, they're so close. I I knew it was S. That's what. I thought was about to come out of my mouth.